Observing the night sky is a captivating and enlightening hobby that allows us to connect with the vast universe that surrounds us. Each month brings new opportunities to explore the wonders of the night sky. Well, hello there. I'm Paul from the Irish Astronomical Association, and we'll be talking about some of the things that you can see in the night sky in December. Hello, I'm Sinead. I'm from Connemara Astronomy Club, and today we're joined by a very special guest. Good afternoon. I'm Graham. I'm also from Connemara Astronomy Club, and this is my first time in this um, podcast series. I think it'll be quite interesting for me. So welcome to our uh, December What's in the Night Sky podcast, uh, Cosmic Corner. For January, there is um, Goway Astro Festival is coming up. So um, it'll be taking place again in the Menlo Park Hotel on the 27th. Registration kicks off at 9.15. This celestial celebration organised by Goway Astronomy Club marks its 20th year, having started out as the Connacht Star Party, into what is now a major highlight of the Astro Irish Astronomical Calendar. So this year's festival is a great lineup of lectures, including Professor Andy Shearer discussing the next two decades in um, astronomy and physics. Also, the event will see representatives from the AirSat team sharing insights into their recently launched CubeSat Ireland's first, which is Ireland's first satellite. Attendees can explore trade exhibits, um, photographic displays, and participate in a lunchtime workshop led by a distinguished astronomy expert. It's a great day for anybody passionate about astronomy and science, making making Galway Astro Fest an unmissable event. And to mark the event, we're very lucky. Our friends at Galway Astronomy Club are giving us two complimentary tickets for Galway Astro Fest, and there will be question at the end of this podcast. So keep listening. So what was the date of that? The festival? The 27th of January. Super. So, uh, should we be looking out for now in December? Well, there's quite a few things to look at in the sky, really. I'll start with, with my favourite um, sky object, which is not to do with the night sky at all, because it's the sun. And the sun, of course, goes on a 11-year uh, sunspot cycle, and we're into what we now call solar cycle 25, because we started counting a long time ago. And um, this one is taking off very well. Uh, now, it was, it was predicted to be quite similar to the last cycle, which was cycle 24, but actually this one's doing a lot better than that. It's already um, gone past the point that was predicted to be the peak, and the peak's not for two years yet. So uh, um, it has slowed down a couple of times, where we've just had some, some not so lively times. We have had quite a lot of auroras visible up my way, um, which is which is really good. And um, so there's there's that um, coming along nicely. Um, the solstice, the, uh, the the winter solstice, is on the 22nd of December this year. It's sometime. It's usually on the 21st, actually, but uh, it gets about six hours later every year. And then you have a leap year, and it goes back a day. So that's uh, how we keep all that in sync. Um, 22nd, and you might be surprised to know that the sunset and sun sunrise aren't actually on the same day. The, um, the latest sunset happens on the 15th, and the latest sunrise happens on the 30th. So actually the solstice is the shortest day in between, but actually the sunrise and the sunset are a few days either side um, of, of that. So that's, uh, that's what's happening with the sun at the minute. Well, that's interesting uh, with our solar optic. But what's happening with the lunar object in the sky? Well, the, well, the moon, yes. In, interesting things are happening with the moon. Uh, not least, actually, that we've been uh, 
quite well advanced on rockets to go there again uh, with the, with the, with the, um, uh, the SpaceX Starship launch last week. But uh, in the sky, the moon is, is new on the 12th, which is good because that gives us a nice clear sky, i.e. without moonlight pollution anyway, um, for the German meteor shower, which is the night of the 13th and 14th. So there will be a very thin crescent moon early on in the evening there, but that will soon go away and in any case that's no bother for uh, washing out the sky so you need a dark sky so you can see the, the darker meteors um, the Gemini meteor shower is generally the best of the meteor showers in terms of frequency of the meteors and of course being in December it's nice and dark um, But uh, and this one is a bit unusual in that most meteor showers are caused by the earth passing through the tail of a comet, or where a comet, where a comet has been before, um, this one is actually an asteroid. Um, it's an asteroid called 3200 Phaethon, and it is still shedding material for some reason. So it may have been hit or something like that, but uh, or it's what they call a rock comet. But it is rock rather than comet dust um, that will be passing through there. Um, the thing with meteor showers is that the, the, the radiant is in Gemini. But you don't look at Gemini, you look around the radiant, about 30 degrees around the radiant, and that's where you'll see the, the most meteors. And it's better to do it after midnight, because that way the Earth is facing into the, uh, into the tail of, of, of the former path of the asteroid. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're quite optimistic for that. Some people say, and I would be one of them actually, that their favourite meteor shower is not this one, it's the Perseids in August, um, because, uh, not because there's, there's actually fewer meteors statistically uh, uh, in the Perseids, but if you're going to go and spend several hours lying on a sun lounger looking up into the sky, um, that's kind of preferable in August rather than December, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so there we are, that's, uh, that's that. Bezo, sir, can I just take the back from the... Yes, Paul. Uh, Paul, uh, when you say the radiant, is, ra is the radiant the, the, uh, the source, the origin? The, yeah. The, the, the point of origin? It, it, indeed, yes. It, uh, if you actually see the, um, the meteors, they will appear to come from a fixed point in the sky. Um, and that is just above Castor and Pollux in, in Gemma. Oh, OK. Yes. So quite easy to yeah, find. So, yeah, so um, very easy to find. So better after midnight, and actually it's higher up in the sky anyway. And um, look around it rather than directly at it to, for, for the best chance. And the, Actually, looking at Orion, it's a good... It's a good... Yes, to, a, yeah, fit, fit, yeah. Yes. pass into Orion quite often. We'll talk more about Orion in a moment. Um, planets, there are still planets on yes. view. <laughs> Um, and um, everyone's favourite planet, Saturn, um, past its absolute best at the minute, but still visible quite low down in the southwestern sky after sunset. Um, so we've still got a month or two probably of Saturn left um, and for viewing. Um, if you look at it through a small telescope, um, binoculars don't quite do it. Um, binoculars don't quite have enough magnification to see the rings of Saturn because you need about 30 times magnification to see the rings. Um, but the rings are still quite wide open. Um, they do go through an 18-year or so phase of going from, from flat to wide open. And at the moment, they're closing up quite a bit. So by 2025, the rings will be difficult to see because they'll be pretty much edge-on from our point of view. 
So that's that's Saturn, everyone's favourite planet. But I, I guess I guess the sooner you look at Saturn, as it's getting lower and lower in the sky, it's becoming more difficult to see you as you're going through the atmosphere. It, it is because it is because you're just looking through a lot more air. Yes, yes, it's, 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 so it's, 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 it's turbulence and whatever. So, um, you know, the higher it is, the clearer the view. And that's uh, that's how it works. So yeah, that's Saturn, which is great. Um, Jupiter is very, very big and bright, and you can see it most of the night. And it's, it's sort of to the south around midnight, and to the southeast earlier than that. And it's not very far, also from uh, Messier 45, the uh, Pleiades or Seven Sisters, and that's a great test of eyesight, the Seven Sisters, to see how many you can see, because um, um, the average is about seven, but actually people with keen eyesight can see more than that. Some people can see 10 or 11. Um, if you look through a telescope, then that gets really easy, because you can see about 200 of them. Um, but now, my little thing, um, the Japanese have a different name for the Seven Sisters. Um, they call it Subaru. As in the car. As in the car, yeah. And actually, if you look at the car, um, on the front, you'll see a badge with six stars. And me, being a bit Sherlock Holmes here, deduces from this that Mr. Subaru, like me, doesn't have the greatest eyesight, because I see six stars as well. Um, so, uh, you know, so that's, um, uh, that's just a little bit of trivia there. The other thing, in that part of the sky, in between Jupiter and the Seven Sisters, People with very, very keen eyesight can see Uranus. You really probably need a star chart to pick out which one it is. Um, but it is through a telescope, it will show us a small green blob. Um, Neptune in another part of the sky shows a small blue blob. Um, really, they're so far away, those two ice giant planets, that um, you, you can't, without a huge telescope, see any detail on them particularly. Um, but uh, Jupiter and Saturn are the most splendid objects in the sky. Um, and we'll, uh, the other planet you can see. Now then, people like me, because I work with the TV and sometimes have to get up very early in the morning to go and turn that on. Um, and uh, you can see Venus, about three or four o'clock in the morning it comes up. Um, very, very bright. Um, people with the absolute keenest eyesight, and I've never managed this, um, can see that Venus displays a phase. Um, now binoculars and the telescope will show that very clearly. Um, some people, when it's near the crescent phase, can see that it is not round, uh, it has a distinct shape to it. Um, my wife, Jude, is one of those I am not. <laughs> but when I ask her which direction it's facing, you know, if she gets it right, so it's, okay, she really is seeing the phase of Venus. Um, so that, um, that's, that's the planets. So, Paul, is there any, any significant star uh, attraction? for December? Well, December is fabulous because uh, that's the time that you start to see Orion in the evening. We've been able to see it early in the morning since about August, but um, um, December is when you get it in the evening. It's it's far easier just to, to see it at that time. And this is coming up, sorry, this is coming up from the southeast? Yes, coming up from the southeast and into the south later on at night and quite high up. Yes. Um, and um, it's always worth looking at Rigel and Betelgeuse, the two stars at the, at the corners. Um, Rigel is the foot of the hunter and Betelgeuse is his shoulder. And they are similarly bright stars, um, but of very different colours. And Rigel is very obviously a blue star, and Betelgeuse is a, is a red giant. It's, it's an orangey star. Um, and furthermore, Betelgeuse has been doing some quite interesting things in recent years. I, I know that, or it's a little unstable. It is. It's, it's, it's been very unstable. And um, 
Um, in 2020, it uh, it actually went dim. It was it was you know um, much much dimmer, two magnitudes dimmer than normal. And any, any, any idea why? When? Well, one theory is that there was a dust cloud in front of it, um, but we're not entirely sure. And whether you know, some people did speculate that this is instability prior to explosion, because of all the stars in the sky. Betelgeuse is probably the best supernova candidate okay. of, of, of all of them. No uh, interest. Because, well, absolutely. Um, and it's far enough away, we believe, that it wouldn't do us any harm. <laughs> a supernova much closer to us could rip the atmosphere off the Earth, but Betelgeuse is far enough away that that won't be a problem, we don't think, but we hope not. Um, um, would you be able to see that, if, say, if it does... We would see before. Oh, if Betelgeuse explodes, yeah. you will see it in the daytime. Wow. Um, it could. It's huge. It will be as bright as the full moon. Wow. Yeah, so you'll see it in day, to day or night. And for and it will cast shadows. For a few days or? Oh, weeks. Probably weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, and it would be very sudden when it happens because there's a, an ongoing battle between energy trying to push everything out and gravity. Gravity. And, and yeah. once, once um, the fusion process stops, because it runs out of fuel, yep. then there is no energy, so the gravity just collapses everything inwards, um, where all the little pieces of stuff that make up the atoms get crushed together, and then there is one great big bang. What well, time point? Um, right. as, as the last of the mass just gets, you know, destroyed. Is that a process? Takes how long does that process take? Probably seconds. We've never okay. Well, it's your lateral work. Oh yeah, it's, I, I imagine there'll be a yeah. period of time. Oh yeah, once 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 the energy stops, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Gravity instantly takes over. So um, it would be you know the best one we've ever seen if it does happen to void the first. Um, so you know, and and one of the clues in this that is making us a little bit excited that it is instability that's that's going on here is that actually Betelgeuse has come back a bit brighter than it was before even so okay. so it is it is wobbling up and down quite a lot now it may have been brighter in the past because if you look at the the constellation orion um Rigel, which is now the brightest star is beta orionis and this is done diametrically opposite and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and betelgeuse is alpha orionis so the ancients must have thought betelgeuse was brighter so okay well that's that's one explanation certainly so yeah. So, we don't know, just um, now, the other thing about Orion, which we'll just talk about a little bit, is it's a brilliant signpost to other places. And the easiest one is to take Orion's belts, the three stars in the middle, that's um, particularly obvious, and if you follow them upwards in a line, you'll come to another orange star, not quite as, uh, as bright orange as Betelgeuse, but that is Aldebaran, and that's from the Arabic Eye of the Bull, so it is the Eye of Taurus the Bull constellation, we're in there. And likewise, if you follow it downwards to Sirius, uh, brightest star in the sky, um, the Dog Star. And actually, if you look at Canis Major in a, in a good sky where you can see nice and low down, this Major looks pretty much like a dog. It's one of the, yeah. you know, you know, some, some constellations really do stretch the imagination. It, 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 it. But, but that one is, is pretty good. So um, if you're really lucky now, if you go on holiday somewhere, you can't see it from here. But if you go on holiday to somewhere nice, um, about 30 degrees below Sirius is the second brightest star in the sky called Canopus. And it's a southern hemisphere object, really, but you can see, I've seen it from the Canary Islands and from Florida before. Uh, and I see a little above yeah, the equator. Yeah, yeah, so it's, a, yeah, so yes. it's, you know, as long as you're sort of, you know, 
north of the equator. 20 or 30 degrees north of the equator, you can see it. Not, unfortunately, we're 50 on here, so uh, yeah. uh, it's too far below the horizon for us to have seen. Yeah. Um, so that's really a bit of a trip round the stars. Um, plenty to see in December. It's a great time to be out stargazing. And um, actually, Orion is where I started most years. In 1968, um, I, I, was, I was given by Santa. Um, Patrick Moore's Observer's Book of Astronomy. And the first thing I actually saw after Christmas was Orion, because that's so prominent in the sky. And I thought, wow, it's, it's brilliant. It's kind of, yes, it looks like a hunter. Actually, because it looks different from different parts of the world. Um, Aboriginal legend sees it as three men in a boat. So, um, that's it for another month. Brilliant. Well, let's yeah. hope Santa's good to um, yep. the boys and girls out there and they get some more books. And Absolutely. Yeah. Books you, have and a, you have a question. I do. I have my um, my prize. So, like I said at the start of the programme, Galway Astronomy Club have very kindly donated two complimentary tickets to us to Galway Astro Festival. So, I said it already, but the question is, if you were the keen listener, how many years is Galway Astrofest going on for? How many years has Goey Astrofest been going on for? How many years is it this year? So send the answers to Connemara Astronomy Club at gmail.com. Connemara Astronomy Club at gmail.com. That's all one word, Connemara Astronomy Club. All one word, yeah. At gmail.com. So be it for a chance. There, it's a really good day out. So two tickets there. So um, if you're not in, you can't win. So, Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Green, for coming. My pleasure. Let's hope for um, clear skies. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Corner, the monthly What's in the Night Sky podcast from Conmar Astronomy Club. This podcast was produced, written and presented by Paul Evans, Sinead Mannion and Graham Sales.